Let's go to Luke chapter 19. Luke chapter 19. Uh, we're going to be reading verses 1 through 10 and kicking off a brand new series called Generous. Generous. We are a generous church, and if we're going to be a generous church, we have to be a generous people. We've given away $20,000 in our first year as a church plant, um, supporting different ministries across the Metroplex and across the world. We planted two churches uh, in our very first year, and, and I'm telling you what, we're going to do even more, right? We're going to do even more in the future. Let's go. Luke chapter 19, Luke chapter 19, verses 1 through 10. Read along with me. If you don't have your Bible, you don't have a, an app, you can find it here on the screen behind me. It said this, Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus, and he was a chief tax collector and was wealthy. He wanted to see who Jesus was, but because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. So he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him since Jesus was coming that way. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and he said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. So he came down at once and welcomed him gladly. All the people saw this and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. But Zacchaeus stood up and said to the Lord, Lord, look, here and now I give half of all my possessions to the poor. And I give half, and, and, I, and I have cheated, or let me back up, I give half of all my possessions to the poor, and if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will repay it back four times the amount. Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house because this man too is the son of Abraham, for the son of man has come to seek and save what is lost? Come on, let's pray. Heavenly Father, God, I thank you. You're in this place. Lord, I pray that tonight that you open up every ear, open up every heart, open up every mind to receive of your word. Change us. Challenge us tonight in Jesus' name. Come on, if you'll believe and receive that, why don't you say amen? Amen. And Lord, let me say one more prayer. I don't know what's going on in the Cowboys game, but God, just give us favor. Come on, somebody. In Jesus' name, amen. Unless you're an Eagles fan, and then, yeah, I don't know. You know, generosity is a, it's a, major, it's a major theme in the Bible. And in fact, I would even propose that when you look at this book, that this book is all about a generous God who gave everything just to get to his people and his creation. You say, why are you pe preaching on generosity? I'm preaching on generosity because I believe that we serve a generous God. Uh, we're going to give, we're going to fully understand generosity if we're going to fully understand generosity. We need to understand that generosity started with God. There's nothing that God will ask us to do or become that he hasn't already done him self or modeled himself. When you read the Bible, you find that God is a generous God that blesses his people from cover to cover. When you open it up in Genesis, guess what? 
He's blessing his people. When you look at the story of Abraham, we did a whole series on Abraham called The Blessing, and we saw how God's blessing flowed on his life and that the blessing wasn't for him, but the blessing was to flow through him into the lives of other people. You can go to the book of Exodus and you can see how God took care of his people as they wandered in the desert, as he took them out of captivity that he provided for them. Every book of the Bible you walk through and you can see God's blessing. God is a generous God cover to cover. And tonight what I want us to do is I want us to look at this encounter between Jesus and Zacchaeus. Because I believe that as we look at this encounter between a, a, a sinful tax collector and a holy God that came to earth to bless his people, I believe that we're going to be able to learn some things about being generous. So let's look at Zacchaeus. What do we need to know, understand about Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus was a tax collector. Zacchaeus knew money well. In fact, he spent his time taking people's money counting people's money, swindling people out of their money. Maybe you know somebody like this. I don't know. Full of greed. He had issues with money. He was crooked. He was devious. He was a thief. Listen to this. He was hated by his own people because he would take money from them and he would give it to the government that was overseeing them. Everybody hated him because he was a Jewish person that was taking money from them and he was giving it to the Roman government. But the thing you need to understand is that tax collectors were not honest people. They would tax more than they were supposed to. They would take some off of the top and they would put it in their own pockets. They could essentially take whenever, wherever, for whatever reason they wanted from the Jewish people at any time. And they could not argue because they had no one to appeal to. Zacchaeus was a prominent man, a man of wealth. But everything changes when he encounters Jesus. Come on, somebody say amen. How many of you, is that your testimony? That in your life, when you met Jesus, everything changed. That the way that you thought, that the way that you acted, that the way that you operated, everything in your life changed. For me, I, I, I came to God with addiction in my life. I came to God with alcohol issues. I came to God with drug issues. I came to God from a place that when God touched me, I knew I had to lay those things down. I knew I had to give those things up. I knew that there had to be a change in my life in a moment, in an instant. And that's why I love this story is because in a moment, all God had to do was call out to Zacchaeus and something changed in his life. And, you know, maybe you came in this place dealing with issues. Maybe you came in this place dealing with stuff. What I know is that all we have to do is allow God to call out to us tonight, and we can be changed. You said, I thought you were talking about being generous tonight. This is where it all starts. Having a generous heart all starts with receiving a touch from God, receiving a touch from the Holy Spirit, receiving a touch from his power. Because I promise you, when you receive a touch from God, nothing in your life will ever be the same. This isn't a story that's, you know, we, we see these encounters all throughout the Bible. 
But what I love is that God takes people that are in deep sin, that the world judges, that the world cast off. To the world, Zacchaeus was a sinner. He was, man, he was the unthinker. How could Jesus even talk? How could Jesus even look at him? How could Jesus even interact with him? But Jesus takes the people that are at their worst and makes them and takes them to their best. And I love that we can go through the Gospels and find encounter after encounter where God shows up and changes people. So Zacchaeus, he was crooked. He was a corrupt tax collector. But he begins to hear about this man named Jesus. This is towards the end of Jesus' time on earth. This is towards the end of the three years that he would perform miracles. So by this time, Zacchaeus has heard all the rumors. He's, he's heard of what Jesus has done. He's heard about the miracles. He's turned, uh, he has heard about everything that God has done. He's heard how Jesus has opened blinded eyes. He's heard how he has raised the dead and how he has healed the sick. He's, he's heard how he has uh, taken just uh, a little meal of five loaves and some fish and broken it and fed the thousands. At this time, he has heard it all. And when he comes through his town, he says, I've just got to see this man named Jesus. So Zacchaeus climbs up into a sycamore tree just to see Jesus. I don't think that he was expecting Jesus to look up him, look up at him and say anything. He's like, I just got to see Jesus today. And he happened just to be a part of the crowd. And Jesus looks up at Zacchaeus and he calls out his name and he says, I'm coming to your house today. And maybe you even showed up at church today. Maybe you got drug here by a spouse. Maybe you got drug here by a friend. Maybe your mom made you come to church today. But I'm telling you, our God is the same. And he can pass by you today, call out your name, and touch you in a way that your life is forever changed. Because God is in the house tonight. But this encounter changes everything for Zacchaeus. And when we have an encounter with Jesus, we don't stay the same. The very thing that Zacchaeus had been struggling with breaks over his life. Rather than being a man consumed with possessions and money, he is now consumed with generosity, compassion, and grace. Do you see it? Do you see that the very thing that he battled with and struggled with his entire life, with one touch from Jesus, he stands up in front of a crowd and he says, look, I'm giving away half of everything. How many of you know that that was probably difficult for Zacchaeus? But overcome by the power, the grace of God, he stands up. He says, you know what? I'm giving half of everything that I had. What, what if God moved on your heart tonight and said, give half of everything? I'd be like, are you sure God? Hold on, wait. I don't, I don't know if I, I'm going to sit on this one, Lord, and I'm going to pray on this because I'm not sure. You said half? I got it. But Zacchaeus, in that moment, because he had been so touched by God, said half. And anybody that I wronged, and I'm telling you, he wronged a lot of people. He said, I'm going to repay them four times. Why? Because this generosity came over him. Tonight, I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Generosity is a response. Generosity is a response. Generosity in our lives is a response to what God has done. Because if God has saved us, touched us, redeemed us, forgiven us, healed us, transformed us, we will respond in generosity. Generosity is us responding to the kindness of God. Because John 3.16 says it best. For God so loved the world that he what? He 
gave. If God gave, guess what? I'm going to give in response to what he's done for me. Our generosity flows from the generosity that he first showed us. When your life has been truly transformed, when you've truly been set free and experienced the grace and the mercy of God, there will be something on the inside of you that says, I have to respond. Look, and I do believe that giving is an act of obedience. I believe that the Bible teaches that giving is a part of what we should do as a Christian. You can go back and you can listen. I preached a message on July 2nd. If you want to talk about, like, go back to the, to the uh you know, the, the biblical mandates of the Bible on what I believe it says on giving, I address that. You can go back. It's in the, the third message of the, the blessing series. But more than, not more than that, but what I would say is equal to that, as I would say that generosity is a response. Because the Bible also tells us that we don't give begrudgingly, right? We're not like, oh, no. No, we get out of a cheerful heart. Why? Because of what God did for us. And that's what I love about this story is Zacchaeus stands up with a heart of joy out of response of what God had done in his life and said, you know what, God? I'm giving half of everything I have. Matthew 10, 8 says it this way. Freely you have received, freely give. Come on, of all that God has freely given to us. It wasn't free, by the way. It came at a price. It came at a cost. It came at the price of his death on the cross. It came at the price of nails in his hands and his feet. It came at the price of stripes on his back. It came at the price of the crown of thorns on his head. But with that price, he freely gave to us. So if he freely gave, come on, shouldn't we freely give? God has given to us, and our response is generosity. What we have is not ours. We simply steward it. So we take what we've freely been given, and we freely give it back to impact the lives of so many others around us. Watch this. Matthew 6, 21 says it this way. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Can I read that again? For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Let me say it this way. If God has your heart, he'll also have your treasure. Wherever you invest your treasure shows where your heart is. And if God truly has your heart, he will have your treasure as well. Why? Because generosity is a response. Write this down. Generosity is a response, but generosity is an action. Generosity is an action. You can say all day long that you're, you're generous, but generosity is proven in action. God proved his generosity in the way that he would step out of heaven, wrap himself in flesh, die on a cross, give his life for us. He proved in his action that he is a generous God. How do we prove that we are generous? We give. Generosity is an action. I believe that giving is faith in action. It requires faith to give, to put your confidence in God. It's saying, God, I believe that you're going to take care of all of my needs. I may not have it to give this week, but in faith I come and I sow it, believing that you will take care of me. Come on, somebody say amen. Because we can say that we believe all day long, but giving is an action. And it says, I believe what I say I believe. And I can trust God in every area of my life. I want to read quite a lengthy passage of scripture and they're going to put it up here. I want you to follow along with me. It's James chapter two, but I believe it sums up what I'm trying to say to you here. 
says this. This is what James wrote. He said, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith but does not have works or does not have, you could say, action? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you would say to them, depart in peace and be warm and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Thus, watch now, also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is what? Come on, say it with me, is dead. Faith, if not accompanied by, let's replace that word works with action. Faith without action is dead. Well, I could say I believe, but my faith is actually proven in my action. Let's go on. Verse 18. Continue on with me here on the screen. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. But do you want to know, O foolish man, that faith without works is what? Is dead. Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac, his son, on the altar? Now watch. I'm going to keep reading here in just a moment, but I want to pause just for a second on this. Abraham was promised a son. Do you guys remember this in Genesis? God comes to him. He promises him a son. He says, through you, I'm going to bless all the nations of the world. There's going to come a nation out of you that will be blessed. And it's this son, Isaac, that he gives him. Then Abraham stepped out of the tent that he was in. God called him out of the tent. He he gives him this vision. He tells him, and Abraham says, I believe. He says, I believe. But it wasn't just words for him to say, I believe, because what happens is you take it one further and then go, God says, okay, I want you to take what I have given to you and I want you to give it back to me. I want you to take this son whom I promised to you and now I want you to give it back to me. And Abraham takes that son up to the mountain and he lays him on the altar. And just before he's about to give that child back to God, what happens? An angel of the Lord goes, hey, stop, stop, don't do this. There's a ram on the other side and you're going to take that and that's the sacrifice. But he was willing to say, God, I will steward and give back to you what you have given to me. And in a sense, that's what this is saying, that he was faithful, not just to say, hey, I believe, but there was action on the other side to say, God, I want to show you how much I believe that I will be obedient to do the thing that you've called me to do. Do you see that faith was working together with his works? And by works, faith was made perfect. Read on with me, verse 23, and the scripture was fulfilled, which says, Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. You see, then, that man is justified by works, not only by faith. What I'm saying tonight is that generosity is an action. I'm not saying that giving saves you, hear me. I'm not saying you buy buy salvation. Don't twist my words. Don't try to make them something that they're not. I'm not making this a salvation issue, but what I am telling you is that as we are saved, out of our heart of being saved and what God has done in our life flows generosity. Abraham was willing to give it all because he trusted God. Faith without works is dead, and I believe that giving is putting our faith in action.
Notice this. I said it earlier, but who gave Abraham his son? It was God. He was simply being a steward with what God had given him. So giving is an action, but I believe that even more than an action, that generosity is an attitude. Come on, somebody say attitude. Listen to how 2 Corinthians would say it. So let each one give as he is purposed in his heart. What? Not grudgingly or out of necessity, for God loves what? He loves a cheerful giver. God wants us to give with a grateful heart. Generosity is an attitude. Man, if you walk in and, or, you know, you write that check, and you're like, man, I got to give to God. Is that generosity? No. You're like, I'm just going to do it because they said I got to do it. No. Generosity is an attitude. Zacchaeus stood up excited, happy. He was like, I'm giving away half of everything. Why? Because God, look, I've got all of this stuff. I don't even need all this stuff. So I'm about to bless some people. Zacchaeus stood up excited. Why? Because something had happened. Something had shifted on the inside of him. And what I'm trying to say tonight is generosity is an attitude. And, and, and it's an attitude that our world needs. I, I promise you, when the world sees a generous church and generous people, we will change lives. I'm telling you, it's things like love packs, and, and I love what this ministry is doing. And every Tuesday night, they have people that line up that get fresh produce and they get fresh meat. And we're helping, we're going to begin to help feed people in our community. And what it does is it opens up their heart because they're receiving generosity from somebody else. And it opens up their heart, and then we're able to share the message of Christ with them. And that's what we want to do is we want to be able to, with a heart of generosity, open people's hearts and minds to, to maybe a misconception of what they think church is or Christians are. And they think that Christians are mean and judgmental and whatever else that they have in their minds that, that, that they have stereotyped Christians and and we could change that for somebody when we're generous and and we're kind and maybe it's just paying for somebody's coffee in front of you or maybe it's taking care of somebody's power bill or or maybe it's you know I, I don't know what it is but I promise you as we have an attitude of generosity our church is going to change our community it was an attitude change that Zacchaeus had He had become someone new. It wasn't just an action, although there was action to it. Generosity was who he was. And if you have an open heart to God, you won't have a closed fist to God. Can I say that again? If you have an open heart to God, you won't have a closed fist to God. I want to take you just a little bit deeper before I close. The band can go ahead and make their way back. Acts 20.35 says this, And remember the words of Lord Jesus himself, that it is more blessed. Come on, somebody say blessed. It's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Now, how many of you like to receive gifts? Don't lie. It's okay. Like, how many of you like to receive? If you're a gifts, how many, uh, y'all know the five languages of love? Maybe some of you are, y'all receive love and gifts. Anybody? You're just like, hey, if you want to tell me you love me, give me, give me a gift. 
I'm not that way. I, I honestly, I, for me, for whatever reason, man, I, I'm not, I'm not a gifts guy. But the Bible says here that it's more blessed to give than to receive. And maybe you love to receive, but it's, the Bible says it's more blessed to give than to receive. Now watch this, this word blessed in the original, in the original text and means this, or the word is this, makarios. And makarios means this, joy-filled. It's more joy-filled to give than it is to receive. You want to live a life of joy? Give. Generosity is an attitude. Because if you want to be full of joy all the time, I'm just telling you, be a giver. Be a person that is full of generosity. Those who are givers are joy-filled. Those who live life of generosity have joy. But I think the opposite has become true in our society is that we think the more stuff that we amass, the more stuff that we get, the more stuff that we buy, uh, I'll, I'll be happy if I can just get like a quick fix of dopamine by going on Amazon and buying something. It's going to be on my doorstep at 8 a.m. the next morning. I talk like somebody that's tried this before, right? Have something waiting on my doorstep at 8 a.m. That will bring me joy. Only to find out that the product didn't do exactly what you thought it was going to do, and it leaves you feeling empty. Oh, if I just bought that house, if I just had the bigger house, if I just had the, the nicer car, if I just had this. And, and we're all about things, and, and, we're, and, and we can get so focused on just, just stuff. And we think, no, that's going to bring us joy. That's going to bring me peace. That's going to bring me happiness. But the Bible says this. Blessed joy-filled are those who give because it's more blessed, it's more joy-filled to give than it is to receive. But here's what I know about God. This is what I've seen God do in my life time and time again. If I'll have a heart of generosity, if I'll be a giver, he blesses me. And hear me out, I don't, I don't give to get. That's not that God is not an ATM machine. God is not some that we come in and we go, okay, God, I'm going to give to you. And you're going to, God, look, you give to God with a heart of generosity. That, that takes away the attitude of generosity. That's God, I'm going to give. That's, that's, manip, that's trying to manipulate God and we can't manipulate God. But what I do know is that blessings follow as we give. What do I, what do I know is that the Bible says that I've never seen the righteous forsaking nor his descendants begging for bread. And that God takes care of his people. He provides for his people as we approach him with a heart of generosity. You know, as we approach this, uh, this holiday season, I, I can't help but think about old Ebenezer Scrooge. <laughs> you know the story, man. He was just stingy, greedy all about himself. And I know it wasn't the Holy Spirit that got him. It was some kind of spirit in the middle of the night. But there was that change that happened. And what he, he said, no, I'm going to become generous. What I'm telling you is, if we'll allow God to get a hold of our heart, it'll change our attitude about finances, about money. And, and as we become generous, I'm telling you, everything else in our life changes. Come on, I want you to stand on your feet tonight. 
Because generosity is an action, but generosity is an attitude. And I don't know about you, but I want to live a joy-filled. Come on, anybody want to live a joy-filled life? Anybody want to live that life that you just, and, and maybe you've tried it other ways. Maybe you've tried to go, I'm going to buy my happiness. I'm going to, I just want to live a joy-filled life. And maybe tonight that your challenge is, you know, God, I need to have a shift in the way that I think about possession, money, finances. Lord, give me a heart of generosity. Let it overflow out of all that you've done for me. And God, as I find that generous spirit, may may I experience a truly joy-filled life. Because the world would tell us the more we have, the happier we will be. But the word tells us that joy is found in giving. Come on. Can you bow your heads and close your eyes for just a moment? And I just want you to to ask, God, how would you have me respond to this message? God, how how would you have me respond? You know, you may may already be a giver, and and some of this is, you know, it's like, I've heard this before. I already am a giver. I'm a a tither. I'm just, God, what are you speaking to me through this message? You know, maybe in your giving, maybe it's just become routine. Maybe it's become maybe it's become a little begrudging. And maybe even in your giving, you just go, you know, God, I I need to change my heart towards giving. I need to change my heart towards finances. Maybe you came in here tonight and, and even financially you're struggling. And maybe, you know, you're going, I don't even know how I'd give, you know, things are tight. And, you know, maybe God is asking just to take a, a first step and just, just give, just sow a little seed and go, you know what? Okay, God. And again, this is, hear me tonight. This is, this is about the heart. Because I truly believe that as God touches our heart, we become generous and begin to live generous lives. So just, can we in these last moments, can we just kind of just put our hands out in front of us and just, just talk to God. God, speak to me. How would you have me respond? How would you have me respond? What would you say to me tonight? Lord, touch my heart tonight. Lord, thank you for being generous to me. Maybe you start there. Maybe you just start with thanking him for the cross. Maybe you just start, and we've done that a lot tonight, but just out of a place of of gratitude, God, thank you for what you've done for me. I could never repay you, God. I could never repay you. And giving is not trying to repay you, but God, I want to give back in a heart of gratefulness and, and generosity for all you've done in my life. God, we thank you, Jesus. We thank you, Father. Thank you for what you're doing. And Lord God, as you speak to us, God, may we in obedience respond to your word. May we in obedience, God, respond to what you're speaking to us. 